Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. See what a nice guy Jeff Allen is. If that were a, a little vignette about uh, Tracy and Rick Ellis, I'd have another cease and desist letter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you would. <laughs> and, you know, one of the great things I learned from Jeff Allen when I met him one time, which didn't happen in real life, but in my imagination, he was wearing a WWBHD bracelet. You know, what would Bob Hyland do? <laughs> and it was inspirational to me. So I went out and I, you know, I printed out a picture of Bob Hyland and I just have it have it up right here so that I can look at it whenever I need a little inspiration. What you've said is over the heads of about 99.9%. But, but you know what? Sometimes if one person named Brad Hildebrand gets a laugh out of it and maybe smartest in the wor- woman in the world or maybe like a Mike Otten, then we're good, Brad. Okay. What we talked about was going into this break was the fact that the a lot of the car manufacturers are deleting AM from their car radios. And yeah. what's sort of interesting about this, Ford has has done an about face. They've said, no, we're going to keep it. But the interesting thing about Ford is they didn't delete it. This is one of the firmware things where it's in the firmware. They just turned the firmware off. So in other words, and, and I <laughs> yeah, think isn't that I, amazing. Well, I think that I, if I read the article, I can't remember exactly how they said they're going to do it. But if you have a car that has been manufactured and it's a new Ford vehicle, truck, whatever you bought, SUV, and it has the AM deleted. If you take the car back to the dealership, they're going to plug into your OBD2 port and turn your AM back on. Okay, now, here's the interesting thing. The federal government, FEMA, has spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to essentially outfit AM radio stations with backup transmitter sites. The reason I know this is years ago when Joe Geerling was the chief engineer for Intercom, now Odyssey, and he invited me over to the KMOX transmitter site, which is sort of interesting because it's in the middle of nowhere. It's, and where is it? It's it's over in Illinois. It's on 162. Okay. 162 runs parallel to 270, about mile, maybe two miles south of 270, and it's between 111 and 157, Okay. And matter of fact, it's interesting. For a long time, there was nothing else around it. Now there's a junkyard next to it, a car junkyard. Um, and it's a very relatively big site, you know, one little tower. Well, I shouldn't say one little tower. Probably, I think the tower is about three, 400 feet tall. Big old building. And right next to it is another interesting structure. And when I went over there, I said, Joe, what's that? And he goes, oh, that's the FEMA installation. I go, the FEMA installation? He says, yeah, this is part of the federal government. What they've done is they have a complete another backup of everything we have, but better. And I go, what do you mean better? He takes me over there, and we couldn't go in. It's all locked up. You can't go in there. It's a complete system, the broadcast, with the studio, the whole bit, and it's EMP protected. You know what I mean by, you know what I mean by that? No, what's that? EMP is electronic, electronic, uh, or, or electronic um, electro, electromagnetic pulse. And the idea behind this is that there are supposedly weapons that 
the you know that we supposedly have them and the russians and the chinese people have them that what they do is they're a nuclear bomb but they blow up way up in the atmosphere like maybe 10 miles above the ground and what they do is they create this incredible electromagnetic pulse which burns up all the circuitry you know how like sometimes if your house wow. gets is hits hit by lightning even though you don't get a direct strike like your computer doesn't work anymore yeah, and, yeah for sure okay that's essentially an emp well what this is this is like a lightning strike on steroids 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 okay so they have a complete another system installed by the federal government sitting right next to the camo x building which has a complete another transmitter but a special transmitter that has all this emp protection protection in it it has living quarters in it has big monster generators and it has monster fuel tanks where the thing can run like at full power for like i don't know two weeks or some crazy thing wow. like that and this is all put in by the government CAMWEX, you know, the owners didn't do that. And the reason they did that was because their philosophy is if the stuff does hit the fan, or is what is it, what's it, Shelly used to say, the defecation, hit, the defecation hits the rotary oscillator, whatever it's actually used to say. <laughs> anyway, the idea being is that if the cellular system goes down, everything goes down, people will still have their AM radios that they can listen to for emergency information. Well, the problem yeah. with that is, if all of a sudden you don't have in their cars anymore, you're sort of screwed. So Yeah, now, yeah. and if you don't have an AM radio, handy. Right. Now, the interesting thing about this is that there was, I believe it happened last month, where Rand Paul was being interviewed um, I believe by one of his uh, stations in Kentucky, one of the cities, I can't remember what station it was or what city it was, but he was being interviewed by a fairly high-profile um, broadcaster in his home state of Kentucky, one of the local radio stations. And the guy, the talk show host, asked him up front, Rand, why are you not promoting this keep the AM radio in cars thing? And Rand Paul's philosophy was, he came out and said, Here's what I don't like about Republicans, and Rand, I think, would call himself a Republican. He essentially said, the Republicans are for no government until it impacts them, and then they want government. So in other words, he's essentially saying, hey, you bunch of broadcasters, you conservative broadcasters, you're saying, we got too much government, but yet you want government. Well, mm -hmm. but once again... I go back, I fall back to my thing where people say, well, you're a libertarian, you're, you're like an anarchist. No, libertarians feel that there are reasons that we have laws. You drive on the right side of the road. If you don't drive on the right side of the road, you get arrested. You yeah. know, you, you don't murder people. You don't, you know, you do, you know, in other words, but what the libertarians don't like is the fact that there's 14 million crazy, stupid laws that you on a Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock, you can't make a left turn on Little Avenue unless the moon's full. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy yep, stuff exactly. like that. That you go like, okay, what in the world is that? And, and they went and got into a big argument. And the interesting thing was, I wish this broadcaster would have known about the federal government because... If I would if I would have said that Rand Paul would come back at me, I go, hey, Mr. Paul, guess what? The government has spent millions and millions and millions of dollars for these installations at radio station sites that the government has put in backup equipment, so that if the stuff does hit the fan and the KMOX transmitter gets fried, yet they will be able to you know turn on this transmitter and away we go. Now the sad part of this whole situation is, and I'll say it again, and I don't mean to sound like I'm being a jerk when I bring this up, but we have all these rules and regulations on us about EAS, emergency alert system, and stuff like that. 9-11. Guess how many EAS uh, messages were sent? Um, zero. Exactly. Yeah. The EAS system never went off. And, and to the point where it's like, okay, so why do we have this system 
when nobody pulls the trigger. You know, I mean, now what you hear on a lot of stations and not necessarily ours, you hear is the weather, you, you hear the tests and the weather broadcasts and stuff like that. Um, a lot of stations have put in the Amber Alert things where you've heard that same things you get oh, on, yeah, your, on yeah. your cell phone yep. and stuff like that. And that's done on essentially a local and a county level. And the problem is that on a federal level, who pulls the trigger? Like when, and, and I don't mean to be facetious when I say this, but when Joe Biden is sitting on his lawn chair, um, you know, uh, or his beach chair on the beach in Delaware, and something happens, who pulls the trigger? And like we had the situation with uh, Lloyd Austin, our Secretary of Defense, when, when he was in the hospital. Incapacitated. Right? And he is again. Did you know this? Do you know that story? Yeah, yeah. What, and, and so his number two in command had no idea that he was incapacitated. Well, no, well, no, no he's, he's incapacitated again. He's, oh, wait, this happened again? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's still in hospital. Oh, no, I haven't heard this. When, oh, yeah. when, when did this happen? Oh, he had a bladder infection, and he had to go into in emergency surgery or something like that just earlier this week, I think. Oh, I think. wow, no, I, see, I didn't, I didn't hear the follow-up to that. But right. this is the second time that's happened. Well, yeah, well, actually, it's the third time because of the fact that the crazy part of this is, is the first time he had, you know, once again, he didn't tell anybody he has cancer, so he went in for some kind of uh, prostate surgery, and then uh, that was the first time, and he was in for a couple of days, but nobody said anything, and then he got really sick, some kind of an infection or something like that, some post-op problem, and he got really sick, and they put him in the ICU, and he was, you know, squirreled away, and nobody knew where he was for the second time, and now the third time, essentially, I think he learned his lesson, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, there comes a point, and hopefully it'll be little bit further down the road for me but there comes a point in every person's life where you have a high profile job where you have to say you know what i just can't do this anymore you know what yeah, i'm saying exactly i mean i i'm not doing my you know i could say i'm a tough guy and i'm going to soldier on and i'm going to continue to do what i do because i'm an important person but you have to get the introspective uh, aspect of your life and say you know what big picture i can't do this anymore I heard, yep. an, I heard an interesting thing yesterday that they say the reason that two reasons that Joe Biden does not step aside and he's trying to get reelected in 2024 this year is reason number one, it's him, that he's always been, you know, the glory guy. He always wants to be, you know, they talked about how he's run for president four different times in three yep. different yep. Three, in three different decades. Did you know that? Yeah, so he well he ran in he ran in '88, which was famously chronicled by the book What It Takes, right? Which is an awesome you know that book by Richard Ben Kramer, right? And that was where I first heard about Joe Biden and just the ridiculous stories about you know his speech plagiarism and things of that regard. Not to interrupt, so that was '88, and then he ran in the '90s, and then in the 2000s, and now in 20. 24. Well, they say the two reasons he doesn't give up is because him, his old selfishness, and he's you know he likes the lifestyle and he likes being the president a whole bit, and his wife. That, oh, really? Yeah, Jill? That, Dr. Jill, excuse me. Yeah, that she is the one that she wants to, you know, that, that and I, this sounds sad when I say this, but I've known this myself, where there are guys that have a great wife, and at one point in time, their wife says to them, honey, you just have to stop doing this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. If, if, if they're... And a help, you, mean, you mean in a positive and helpful and supportive way. Yes, yeah, I mean, they, they, because because she's looking out for his best interest and she can. And what is the number one limiting factor of men in general? Their ego. Well, so if you have a woman that can help you in a positive, constructive way, get that in check. Who doesn't want that? Well, well but, I guess you don't want that if, if she's telling you to quit 
whatever your quote unquote passion is. Well, but but and I don't want to. Once again, what's the, what is the, what's the old saying? Behind every man, there's a great man. There's a great woman. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Women sometimes see a perspective that dudes just don't see. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Yep. When <laughs> men mean, are blind, especially when men are blinded by their ego, right? right. Or or by passion, or or by you know fury, or you know, I mean, I mean, sure. how many times do you see in your real life videos of guys who are trying to duke it out? And there's a woman saying, "Honey, don't do this." Trying you know? to talk sense, yeah. <laughs> right, trying to exactly. trying to short circuit that that male that male aggression. Whatever man could do, woman can do better. Whatever man well, can do, uh, I, I'm telling you, that's my motto. You, Whatever you, man can I do, know, I know that woman is. Now, can do you better. You and I might disagree on that because if that were the case, remember, Brad, we'd see a lot of female construction workers helping, you know, lay some lay some tile or lay some, you know, asphalt. Well, there are female construction workers out there, not, <laughs> there are not, not very many of them. You know, matter of fact, it's interesting because if you ever watch Piers Morgan, he talks about this all the time, that women, you know, they want equal rights, but yet women don't <laughs> women don't want to work construction for the most part. There are some yeah, that yeah. do. Yeah, I got you off track, but I, I get what you're saying, Brad. You, okay. were, you were talking about the Joe Biden effect. Right. Okay. Um, next thing. This came out yesterday, and a lot of people in my industry went, what the hell is this? Odyssey which is right here in St. Louis that owns Camel X and Y98 and KZK and 97.1, has had some rough times, as a lot of us broadcasters have. It's not been the last 10, 15 years have not been good in the radio business because of another different reasons, competition. And then, you know, know, first, if you go back the last 20 years, we had 9-11, then we had the economic uh, meltdown in 2007, 8, 9, 10. And then most recently in 2020, and still to this day, uh, the crippling effects of the coronavirus thing, okay? Odyssey has declared bankruptcy. One of the investors who is willing to put hundreds of millions of dollars in to essentially end up with an ownership share of Odyssey, if I gave you 10 guesses, you'd never guess. I have no idea. George Soros. Wow. Hey, you know what? You want to get your tentacles in whatever form of message distribution you can. George Soros, who is the guy who put a lot of money behind the campaign to put Kim Gardner in as DA and a lot of DAs around the country. George yeah. Soros has floated a plan where I think he's willing to put in $415 million, I think that was the number. Essentially a close to a half billion dollars into the bankruptcy restructuring plan and ideally that if it gets approved he will essentially his company that he's funding this through will become the majority owner of the odyssey radio stations now what's interesting is he's already bought through another company he's bought 18 spanish language stations interesting well they are taking over the united states brad that's part of his plan (laughs) well so i'm thinking to myself Ah, man. You know, and there's a whole interesting thing about this is that if you look at what's happening to the newspaper business, I mean, in the state of Missouri. Yeah, yeah. There are interesting companies that are coming in and buying, matter of fact. And snatching up for pennies on the dollar, right, Right, Brad? right. And mainly what they're doing is, just like you talked about with this, what is the Springfield News Leader? Is that what it is with Springfield? Yeah, the, yeah, that's their paper down there. Okay. Now, that's Gannett. That's owned by the Gannett family. Right. But what they have done is they have essentially scaled back the employment uh, to minimal standards. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're sharing a lot of stories amongst their other papers. Like, isn't the, the paper in Columbia, isn't that a Gannett station? Correct, or? yeah. So you'll see very few. You'll see a school district story here and there, either out of Columbia or Springfield that's unique. And the rest of it is just generic. And as you know, Brad, most of it is 
USA Today stories, just syndicated stories taking up space. Right, and and in their standard style, very short form, very short read kind of stories. Yep. And and long time ago when I interviewed uh, Danny Wisentowski, who did the American Skyjacker thing, who's now over at KWMU, but when he was with the uh, Riverfront Times, See, I say it again, and sometimes people sort of poo-poo the Riverfront Times. They do some excellent long-form journalism. And they, ha- and they have for decades. That's right. true. And it's not this little, you know, hey, you know, four or five paragraph story. We're talking, you know, I don't know, ten, you know. I really know. good stuff. Yeah. I don't and know. They've had, they've had a long series of, of men and women that have written great pieces. A guy named Chad Garrison was there. Um, they've had some really, really good reporters there. And very, very thorough and in-depth reporting. Now, yep. a lot of people, oh, it's that mag. You, they got sort of known as the magazine that, you know, you'd find out where all the, you know, the... The, the, the new- prostitutes right. and whatever, strip <laughs> exactly. clubs or whatever. Yes, you said it quite nicely. Back in the day, the... The cla- back page, you know, the, the <laughs> former back page whole thing. You right, know? the classified ads, you know, for, you know, yeah. uh, all the... Desperately seeking <laughs> right. whatever. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, Desperately seeking Susan. But, and the sad part... Part of that is is that that most of the big papers, like even the Post Dispatch, they don't have the depth to do that kind of stuff anymore. Although they still do some very good reporting, uh, and I will give the Post, you know, their due. Uh, but once again, it's not like in the old days where, you know, I mean, back in the old days when you became a cub reporter, so to speak, your first job was you did the police beat, where you went every day, you went down to the police station and you went through the crime reports. And you saw if anybody famous had been arrested or you <laughs> right. see names that you would recognize or that are repeat right. offenders or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. And you essentially look, oh, look at this. Oh, oh, oh look, look at this. You know, I mean, but yep. I think those days are sort of gone. Anyway, that's what happens to get, a, get, get to be an old guy like me, you know. See, you know what I need? I need a Jill Biden in my life. That's what I need. I need, <laughs> I need a Jill Biden. Say, hey, have you seen some pictures of her from the 70s? Why do you ask? <laughs> because they're fantastic. There's at least one that's, uh, yeah, that's like one to right click and save, Brad. That's what I would say. Jill Biden, okay. Yeah, I've 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 heard her ex-husband talk about her, but that's a whole other story. Have you ever heard those stories? No, I have not. Oh, but yeah. Is that something I should Google? It's interesting. He said some interesting things about her. So, as a matter of fact, supposedly, um, I I can't remember this. I shouldn't say anything, but supposedly, she was, uh, shall we say, fawning over Joe when they were still married. Oh, got it. Understood. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 